World Youth Day helped my Catholic identity, not my interior life. A special interview of Kevin Rorty by Alfonso Pedrosa. World Youth Day seems more about Catholic culture than the Catholic faith. It may help today's youth become aware of the universality of the Catholic faith, but much more is needed for conversion and conviction. And what recommendations would you give for evangelizing and catechizing today's youth? Ave Maria, welcome to our channel. I am Fonzie, and I form part of the content team here at the Fatima Center. If you've been following our World Youth Day series, you'll know by now that the Fatima Center is going to Lisbon. A team will be bringing the true message of Fatima to the youth that will be attending. As mentioned in our previous interview with David, we won't be participating. We will be handing out things like this bookmark, which contains one of the Fatima prayers in different languages, as well as this brochure, which will also be available in multiple languages. We are bringing these and other tools that contain the true message of Fatima in order to equip those who may or may not know it and hope to inspire interest so that they may come to fully know, understand, and obey her message. You can grab some of these items at the link in the description, as well as all of our World Youth Day series and materials at Fatima.org forward slash WYD2023. For today's interview, we have Kevin Rorty joining us to tell us about his experience at World Youth Day and how the events had an impact on his faith. Some of you may know him already by the series that we have here on our YouTube channel, Our Ladies Shock Troops. So, hey, Kevin, how are you doing? Welcome. Thanks, Fonzie. It's good to be here. Yeah, glad to have you on. I know we haven't formally met, but glad to see you. So tell us a little bit about yourself outside of this series. What, what is it that you do exactly? Yeah, so I uh, just give a little background to myself. So I was raised as a Catholic, I'm the eldest of four, uh, going to Mass on Sundays, you know, typical parish life, but I nearly fell away from the faith, living a very wayward lifestyle, very shallow. And I hit a crisis point, um, but I had to go on this confirmation retreat. And in this crisis time in my life, really, I encountered God as truly living God in my soul. And from there, I discovered mental prayer uh, from a priest and started practicing daily mental prayer where I would converse with our Lord in my soul. I would try to every day. Mm-hmm. And that led me to go to discern my vocation with a religious order in France, the Fraternity oh, wow. of St. Vincent Ferrer. Uh, they do the Dominican Rite. And then certainly didn't have a call to that, and I became a focus college outreach oh, wow. um, worker. And so I did that, and then um, I realized the need to tie contemplation, the contemplative life, with evangelization in today's context in the church. And Soka was born out of that. So I, I've been running Soka full-time for almost five years now, and uh, it's been amazing. So that's what I do full-time. I mean, uh, I don't know if you're asking for other things that I like to do with my spare time, but that's definitely a huge chunk of my life is running Soka. Um, yeah. That's awesome. So when the Fatima Center was here in Houston, you had almost just started Soka at the time? Just started, yep. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, I know we didn't get yeah. to meet. Well, while we were in the background getting ready, 
I know you and Laura were talking and she had asked if we got to meet and yeah, we didn't get to meet, unfortunately. At the time I only had my son and my daughter and now I have two more children. So yeah, it's awesome to have you apart from just watching you on the back end, editing the videos and whatnot. But now, you know, here we are. So during that time where maybe before or after your discernment, was that around the time that you decided to go to World Youth Day or what exactly led you to go to World Youth Day? Yeah, so I went to World Youth Day when I was 16 in 2011 in Madrid. That was right in that transition time of me abandoning some of the bad stuff, but I was still uncertain about what following our Lord was like. And and I was still figuring out exactly what it looked like to be all in for the faith and follow Jesus like with all my heart and mind and strength and soul. I, I was still getting a lot of formation. Um, I had a lot of energy, I would say, but it wasn't channeled in the most fruitful way. Uh, yeah. I needed formation at that time. Yeah. Was this before or after your discernment with the uh, Dominicans? It was, let's see, so I graduated high school when I was 18, and then I went to France when I was 19. So it was about three years before that. Um, at that time when I went to World Youth Day, I don't know that I was really discerning a whole lot. I mean, I was like open to the idea of becoming a priest, but I was like, I don't know what God's calling me to. I was I was kind of fresh with a lot of like energy from what I recall. Yeah. And so in some of our interviews that we've done, when the interviewee has gone to World Youth Day, it's usually because someone persuaded them. In most case scenarios, it was their mom. Was that the same for you or was it something else, a friend, a priest? Yeah, it's a good question. That year, I would have been a sophomore going into my junior year. I believe it was my mom who did encourage me to some extent, I think. But it's hard for me to recall. I think I wanted to go to Europe. That sounded cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I didn't have experience doing that kind of stuff. And the fact that I wasn't going to be going with my parents sounded nice to me. Right. Um, which is not exactly the best mindset, but yeah. uh, 16-year-old Kevin wanted independence. Uh, so, and I guess, I, I mean, because I remember the time when I had that real deepened conversion. Mm. I mean, I, it was a process, but I must have already been committed to going to World Youth Day before then um, because right around that time, I decided I'd go to World Youth Day. Maybe it was right after. I don't remember exactly, but... My brother, my little brother is going, he's 18, and he's going to World Youth Day for the first time. I don't know uh, if it was he or my mom. I think he wants to go. I don't know how much my mom encouraged it, how much of it was his own volition, but it was a very, very memorable trip for me, for sure. Nice. So you said that you wanted to go because it was Europe, right? Was that mostly the motivation yeah. or because you had heard good things about World Youth Day? Yeah, I, I didn't really know. I was just like, oh, a bunch of young Catholics, you know, and go to freaking Europe and have a great time. You know, I'm 16 and they'll let me have a beer. Like I was, I mean, it was a process of conversion those couple of years for me. And I saw it as like this cool event and it's fun. And 
it's all Catholics, and I'm kind of like, hurrah, Catholic right now. I was still kind of a punk. Um, you know, like I definitely got on the nerves probably of the, the people that helped lead that trip to some extent, pulled a lot of pranks on some of the other people in our group. Um, but I would, I mean, I guess I heard some general things, I guess, about World Youth Day, but I honestly didn't look into it that much. I didn't do research. I was 16. I was like, sounds like a cool event, you know, yeah. what could go I'm wrong? Excited. Yeah. So you're at World Youth Day. What are some of the things that you're seeing during that week? Did you attend some of the events? Was there some catechesis or? Well, that was actually my first time going to Fatima, and I actually didn't really know anything about Fatima, mm-hmm. and I didn't really appreciate the experience. From what I recall, I felt like my recollection of that, well, that to me was maybe the most boring part of the trip. I was not spiritually that in tune with a lot of this stuff. We went to a ton of churches, which is amazing, but I got to the point where I just went from one church, one church, one church. It was like, okay, one just purely golden building to the next, mm-hmm. and 16-year-old Kevin didn't appreciate it too much. What right. I did appreciate, what we saw, is just tons of Catholics there. I mean, to see all these people, like, really, you know, have a healthy version of pride, you know, we're in Pride Month, like, to have that healthy version of pride, I think, of the faith, you know, it's, it's right. and in French, uh, you know, I lived in France, like, there's two words for pride. L'orgueil is like the bad kind of pride, like it's the egotistical. And then the la fierté, from what I recall, that's sort of like, I have pride in my nation. I have a pride mm-hmm. that I'm a son of God, that mm-hmm. kind of healthy sense of it. To see that with all of these young Catholics was really awesome. Uh, and it was also, it gave me, it was my first real taste of the universal sense of the church and all of these different cultures that the Catholic Church has, I think it gave me a real confidence in that the fact that the church is really universal and we have this amazing heritage to invest in. And then there were a lot of talks, you know. I mean, there's tons of people. It's really packed. It's really exciting, but it's also can be a bit like you're all over the place. Mm-hmm. But one of my favorite parts was, I mean, we traveled around before we went. So, like, like Fatima was at the end in Portugal, but then... We also went to uh, other spots in Spain, like Avila. Teresa of Avila, I think that was when I... Oh, wow. Avila was my favorite place, but it was more just, it felt cool. It was like this kind of castle feeling, you know, it's got a wall and it's a smaller vibe. But I really, that was one of my favorite parts of it. And seeing St. Teresa's almost reliquary, like, I didn't, again, I wasn't as nearly in tune as I I would hope that I am today, because St. Teresa's like... She's like my favorite saint, you know, yes. uh, and I, I really feel very close with her. But I mean, I hope sometimes I'm not so great, but like just being there, I think visiting all these places and that sense of it was my first taste. I mean, I ended up living in Europe for two and a half years, a few years oh, later wow. um, after a real deep in conversion. But just traveling around and seeing all these churches and all that. And, but really seeing all the people, I think, was one of the things that really impacted me. And some of the talks, too. I mean. The young man, you know, even though there's kind of some of the more modern approaches to things, I think mm-hmm. later on I realized can be a little watered down. There's talks on like chastity and um, oh, on living the faith fully. And I learned why was it contraception or porn is bad from a psychological standpoint. Not that I was a fan of that, you know, but like I remember just some of these things that, that, that were taught well, you know, um, that was good for me to hear. There's a lot I could say, but those are some of the first things that come to mind. 
was this a talk that was given like by say a bishop or a priest or a lay person? Uh, it was a lay person, but I think there were some also. I think there were some bishops and all. I mean, I think my experience was the lay people tend to be more dynamic in their talks. Not always, but oftentimes, at, at least of that age, that's what I recall. Mm-hmm. I think today, yeah, it kind of depends. But I think it was appealing for a 16-year-old that wanted a very vibe, like, coming from the lifestyle I lived, mm-hmm. if I hadn't been presented with a sense of a youth group that was very, like, fun mm-hmm. uh, and a sense of community and all, and a place where you can be authentic, and then in stuff like World Youth Day, if I didn't have that stuff, it would have been a lot more difficult, I think, for me. I think I... I, it's all in God's grace, you know, but I think it would have been a lot more difficult for me in the beginning to, you know, try to embrace the identity of what it means to be Catholic. I think that was one thing that it really helped me solidify Catholic culture in Spain and and seeing all these churches and all these people. It's I think it can be very formative in that sense. I wouldn't say spiritually it's going to be the most like this is going to. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say, you know, if someone is a deep. I mean, I think if someone is. They're kind of more on the outskirts of the faith. I think it'd be a great thing for them to go to. I don't think it's going to lead to like, I'm just going to dive into the interior life because of this. But right. I think it, it could spur some things for a number of people. And I've heard that about like Denver's World Youth Day. People talk about that all the time, the impact that Denver's World Youth Day had. Because Denver is known as like the epicenter of the new evangelization. And like all of these Catholic apostolates come out of Denver. You know, I'm, I'm from Denver. I'm, my apostolate has started in Denver. So there's oh, something wow. about that I, I got to say, like, I think there's some validity to that. But I think right. from a practical lens, the energy that it brought to this area, I think we're seeing the fruits of that, you know, uh, 30 years later. Seeing the churches and seeing the Catholic culture there, is that, in my experience, I have noticed and I've recognized where there is more external, how would I phrase it? Some of the faith is external, it's kind of tangible, you can... You know, for example, the processions with statues and, you know, lots of people, beautiful churches, for example, like St. John Cantus there in Chicago. Not sure if you've ever been there, but to me, when I walked in for the first time, I literally almost fell down to my knees with tears in my eyes. You know, it was just seeing the just such a beautiful church. You know, it's like if only all the churches could be this way. You know, imagine how much more of an impact it would have on the culture here in the States, right? And so you're talking about it had an impact on you while you were there, you know, in Madrid. Would you say if we had more of that here in the States, do you think more of the youth, more of the young adults, or even in general, more Catholics would feel appealed to grow in their faith? Yeah, uh, it's an interesting question, and I, I think I have a nuanced answer to it because I think I would say the modern-looking kind of house-looking places yeah. that are just plain or whatever, yeah. I think that that is a hindrance to the faith. That said, I'm not convinced just because we, if everything was beautiful, like all of our attention and money should just be making things beautiful because Europe, they do have a lot of that, and they're worse off than we are. Um, I think that opened up my eyes to that, like, look, Europe has these things Mm -hmm. and there is something deeper. That's why I think, I mean, obviously I'm always going to toot the horn of the interior life, but I think that we got to get the the exterior should lead to the interior. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always, a lot of times it doesn't. We have to 
include that as part of it, you know? And so that's, right. I would encourage people going to World Youth Day to like, take the way the saints describe those kind of things is like, take these external things and don't stop there. Really let it enter into the depths of your soul and like, yeah. let it move you to the divine. They're only a means to that end of your right, soul right. attaining that contemplation. And I think that's got to be, a, that has to be a way bigger part of the message. And then it makes sense when you've understood that it makes sense. Oh yeah. Like we want to represent these things well to remind us mm -hmm. of that contemplative like reality. I mean, it's, it's a reality that we can't contemplate, which is the inner life of the Trinity. I think sometimes seeing those things, the grandeur of it, Mm -hmm. does help give you a sense of like when I first went to St. Peter's Square, it's like, whoa, this is like home. This is powerful. Um, yeah. And I think there are some things like that in Europe. I think for a 16 year old, I, I do think, I mean, maybe some are going to be really impressed by that, but I, I like, I myself, that really wasn't that big of a thing. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it was like nice, but after going from, the thing is you also, you get exposed to seeing church after church after church after church that is just gorgeous and amazing and nothing like anything you've seen before right. soon enough it, it became i mean very for me it just became like you know on the other i mean on the other hand i, I remember sleeping almost like <laughs> two hours three hours a night sometimes like no. getting very little sleep and being just tired every single day <laughs> every moment we could just falling asleep and so going like getting tour guide stuff like for for 16 i just think some of the motives of how you grab attention of people can be a, a bit different like i do think that you can propose take these things let's meditate on this you mm -hmm. know some people are not going to do that but at least proposing yeah. it, i think if i had been taught that it probably would help me um engage with it more and see the the deeper realities behind it because mm -hmm. i mean maybe it's just my temperament or when i was that age even right. now, I, I think I can't just go church watching for like six hours a day. I just, sure. you know, I, I, I lose the that initial impression that it hits you with wonder. There's a reason why it doesn't stay just like that. You know, it's supposed yeah. to lead us to something more. I think if I'd been presented that something more um, in a more clear manner, it probably would have. I'd like to say I, I would have taken to it, but maybe I was and I just wasn't. I did not have the ears to hear, as our Lord says. I don't remember. It's kind of like chewing gum, you know, I, for a while, it's like it tastes good, but then after a while, it's just bland. Yeah, and, and I, I'm not trying to discourage that. I think that's really good, and I think just that exposure instills in a young person like we have this amazing Catholic heritage mm -hmm. and great blessings and power from the Holy Ghost on the church, and it's universal, and it's so much bigger than we realize at our own home parish life. That was probably a big thing is just seeing so much more exposure to so many apostolates and speakers and nationalities and Catholics all over the world, uh, mm -hmm. Brazil and Australia and, you know, all over Europe, obviously, and America. And I mean, it's just, yeah, I think it can be really good for a young person to spur some of that. I don't, I wouldn't expect like a very deep conversion. I was expecting this can help open up like, oh, it's going to be fun. So like do it and hopefully it can kind of open them up to something a little deeper. But so yes, yeah, as, as far as like tours, the World Youth Day itself, I don't, I don't recall. I think it's hard to remember exactly what was formerly World Youth Day and what wasn't, because we had the trip that we went on, and we had some of the tour guide stuff that we had set up. But as far as the actual World Youth Day itself, I don't think that they could do a tour for however many thousands, I mean, tens of thousands or hundreds. I don't know what number it is people to give tours to all of them. So. Yeah. I imagine it's just more of a thing you do, but... So you were mentioning going to Portugal 
So at the time, you weren't really familiar with the message of Our Lady. At one point after going to World Youth Day, did you come across the message? I came across the message of Fatima. I mean, they, I'm sure I heard about it there. I mean, we went to Fatima. But I really, it didn't really click with me. I didn't really process it a whole lot. I'm trying to think when I actually, when it hit me that, wow, Mary appeared and all these people saw a miracle, miracle of the sun. And then I, I think when like that hit me and I was like, whoa. And then, but when it really hit me was when I really meditate on the reality of like souls, you know, the danger of hell and how many souls are falling because of impurity and the need for penance. I think that's, that, that's when it really hit me. It was probably a couple years after I'd been to Fatima. I've been to Fatima, I think twice since then. Oh, once. Cool. Maybe once since then. Very different experience than the first time. The first time I was more like a tourist that I didn't know why I was there. My group just went there and I was like, I just want to sleep. It was the end of the trip and I was so tired. <laughs> um, but it was good. I, I probably got some sense. It was probably more of just a cultural landmark. You know, when you get tourists that go to cultural landmarks and they're like, oh, this is an important place. But some people don't know why it was. That was kind of me. But I, I think even that can be good for a young Catholic to get exposed to that. But for those that are more mature than I was in their faith, I think they'll definitely find a lot more fruit out of something like that. I highly encourage anyone who goes to Lisbon to also go to Fatima for sure. Fatima has a real, I would, I would say, I mean, I don't know what it's like lately, but I would say it has some austere feel to it, at least when you're entering it spiritually. Like, hmm. like it's a penitential feel to this place. Oh, wow. Um when I went with the religious order, we were on a pil- I was leading a pilgrimage and we did my, my small group actually, we did the kneel crawl. You like crawl for like a hundred yards or something like that, hundred, hundred oh. meters, I think, on like a hardwood floor. And yeah, some of the people's knees got really torn up. It was just like a penitential feel, you know, like we did a pilgrimage together. And so I would recommend going to Fatima and, and I think it's a great place to share the message of Fatima because it's it's pretty simple mm-hmm. like there's a miracle our, our lady appeared a hundred years ago and she had this to say like prayer and penance like I mean that was the main main message right like what right. we should be doing as lay people is I mean rosary prayer and penance do you want to know the secret to obtain world peace RCSOS One of the missions here at the Fatima Center is to help people recall the basics of the message of Our Lady of Fatima and obtain world peace by recalling Roman Catholic SOS, RC SOS. R is for rosary, pray it daily. C is to consecrate yourself to Our Lady. S is to wear your brown scapular faithfully. O is to offer prayer and penance in reparation for sins for the conversion of sinners and for the Pope. And the last S is for Saturday, that is, First Saturday, one of the devotions that Our Lady asks us to do every month. Living the Fatima message is how we will get the grace for the Pope in union with all the bishops to properly consecrate Russia and for the third secret to be fully revealed. This will foster a worldwide devotion to the Immaculate Heart because her message is the only solution. That's how God wants it. So remember, the secret to obtain world peace, RCSOS. 
And also remember, only she can help us. But it's, it was important enough for her to have like this huge miracle. And, and it, I mean, it can confirm your faith as well. Right. Um, if you're struggling with your faith, like a lot of people don't know about it at all. And so you realize, oh, there's a miracle. Okay. And what's the, so what? Well, we're supposed to be doing these things. Right. Oh, right. I never, I never even knew. I didn't even heard the word penance outside of the sacrament of penance. Most people don't even, they don't even hear of it as penance anymore. So yeah, I think it's really good to expose the youth to that. And I think it's a great place to expose people to Fatima. Certainly. The more that I learn about the, uh, the message of Our Lady of Fatima, the more I kind of see the parallels of scripture, the parallels of the faith and how there's just tears for everyone, for those who are just starting out in the faith, for those who have been there, but looking for an answer, just kind of like how you were saying, you know, something to be confirmed in their faith. And even for those who have been Catholics for such a long time, so much in there that one can dissect, marinate on. And, you know, speaking of your experience now, would you say that going to World Youth Day had an impact on your spiritual life or did you kind of come back the same? I, yeah, I mean, in a very, in a faint way, I'd, I've had a hard time saying it had an impact on my spiritual life insofar as like my prayer, but I think insofar as my faith overall and my perspective, it probably grounded me more in the faith. It made me more identify as a Catholic, which is important. And it, I get, it probably did inspire me with, with zeal to want to grow in holiness. I think it helped foster that. It, I didn't know what that would look like. I don't necessarily know that I changed a whole lot afterward. I didn't see it really. It wasn't like a retreat that changed me a lot. Like there were some retreats I went on that did lead to some of that kind of stuff. But yeah. I remember it more as like a embracing this Catholic universal mindset and having that fierte, that pride in being Catholic. And maybe it encouraged me to evangelize more. Maybe I came back with more of a like outgoing. I mean, I probably already had that, honestly. But I think there was some sense of being a pilgrim as well that... Yeah. Just doing that for a week or two, mm-hmm. like identifying I'm a Catholic pilgrim right now. I think it's good, especially for a young person to root them more, crystallize their psychological, spiritual sense of their identity. You know, yeah. this is who I am. I don't have to worry about all these other things. So that was, I think, good in that sense. Um, and I would say as far as the Catholicism in Madrid, I think that that was cool to see. I mean, not just Madrid, but around Spain, these different Catholic landmarks. I really think that was awesome. I'd encourage anyone who's going to definitely see some other things in Portugal or in Spain or elsewhere in in Europe, but that's what's closest to Lisbon. I would encourage them to check out some other Catholic landmarks in the area. I mean, obviously, I just said Fatima. Avila is one of my favorite places. I would say the World Youth Day events really probably made more of an impact on me than the beautiful churches and stuff though just because of the real sense of the universality of the church and being exposed to all these people and cultures and all and just the excitement of it all i think was really it was refreshing for me so i didn't see the faith as something stale you know right would you say the sense of community or because there was a lot of catholics as you mentioned some who were on fire some who were you know there because like you're saying, you know, the Catholic hurrah, like, would you say that had something to do with the impact as well? Just the, the sense of fraternity, the sense of belonging, something that 
you know, very lax in our culture. Yeah, I think for sure. I think especially, you know, if you try to live a more devout life or if you're raised in a family that does and you've a lot of teenagers have that struggle, you know, they feel like they've just been doing this because their parents said it. It's a really good opportunity for them to branch out and kind of embrace it more on their own for sure. But also when it, it helped them to see it not as a stale thing, but as this is it embodies what it means to be from a spiritual lens, fully alive, but also from a cultural lens. Uh, the faith is something that is all encompasses our entire lives, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You were, so you were talking about being a pilgrim. My wife said something similar. She mentioned, you know, going as a pilgrim would be more impactful personally for a lot of people. That seems to be almost the case for people who travel, you know, maybe for a living or for as a hobby, even though in the secular sense, they don't see it as a pilgrimage, but, you know, they go to all these tourist spots and they leave with a sense of awe, even though it kind of dies out for them, for a lot of them at least, you know, or some of them, they find a meaning to life, even though in their spiritual sense, you know, they don't, they don't really believe in anything or, you know, as a pilgrim, definitely would be great to, if I had the chance of going to World Diete, I definitely would be head over here to go to uh, Portugal and see where Our Lady of Fatima appeared and all that. Right? Yeah, I think it's it's good. The pilgrim mindset of what ways people could embrace that might be have some questions written down that you want answered from our Lord. Like you're asking for him to help you. Like what should you do in life? How can you get rid of certain sins in your life? What kind of friends do you want? Like how should I change my life? What does holiness look like? What is the purpose of my life? Like getting some, you're on a pilgrimage physically and spiritually to discover these ultimate realities very pertinent to your own soul. The most important things in the depths of your heart, like go with those in mind, maybe bring a journal, spend some time in meditation or mental prayer daily, you know, at all these beautiful spots that you see. That's something I wish I had done is journal and be more present to those inspirations of God by being, so I could come back to those afterward. So, um, just immature of me, but yeah. I, I wish I had done that. I think it would help anyone to make it more of a pilgrimage. Definitely. Now, in some of the other interviews, we mentioned John Venari, rest his soul. He dubbed World Youth Day as the Catholic Woodstock. Would you say that was something of your experience that maybe you saw? Um, I think that there's definitely because of just the state of the church we're in right now and a lot of uh, irreverence that takes place throughout the church. I think inevitably you're going to find stuff where you get thousands and thousands and thousands of Catholics, maybe many of whom are not really believers together, that, you know, there's going to be some things that are off for sure. And I've heard of stuff like that at World Youth Day as well. I didn't necessarily have my eye out for that when I was 16. I, yeah, wouldn't have really known that much better. But I think it's definitely, there's a mixed bag with stuff. But I, I mean, I think if you look at it, it's like, there's, yeah, there's this cultural phenomenon, all these things going on. And there's definitely a big component of that. So it sounds like you had a very positive experience at World Youth Day. Yeah, I mean, I, it's not perfect by any means. Like I was saying, there's definitely things there that could be scandalous. I mean, you'll find that anywhere. You know, I I talked to a priest about, like, should I never go to the gym because people dress immodestly there? 
you right. know, and he's like, well, the world we live in, I mean, you can't go to the grocery store without that happening, you know? I true, mean, true. So, like, I think it depends on the group you go with, you know, what things you partake in, but I think you can definitely find the good by going there. And I definitely think for some young people, if they can have a decent group to go with, especially, you know, I mean, a lot of people like, yeah, they're not going to get a bunch of Latin masses there. I mean, I'm sure you can find some, um, but you definitely get us like, it's also traditional to be exposed to all these different cultures that have these Catholic roots. And even right. if those cultures have somewhat lost their sense of the faith, mm -hmm. they still have these Catholic cultural roots right, that right. come out. You know, I lived in Europe for two and a half years. I saw this. They still have that, you know, in many ways. And I think it's great for young Catholics to see that. And it can encourage them to see all these other Catholics. And I think especially with the difficulties that a lot of people have, you know, trying to raise a devout family with their kids to hang on to the faith. If you can find a good group they can go with, it's I think it's a great opportunity for them to go and hopefully identify and take the faith on more as their own. Right. You know, if all they see it is just mom and dad have been raising me in this strict way and I just... You know, I don't really know God personally myself and I've never identified it. And then they turn 18 and a bunch of them end up leaving the faith, they you do. know, and I'm not trying to, you know, bring up wounds for people, but this is a pattern. And, I, and my prayer is that, you know, they can be introduced to that true, genuine relationship with God, which is fully Catholic. Things like this can help spur that. And it did for me. Like I was saying, I mean, it wasn't the most spiritual thing, but it helped give me that greater sense of identity in a time when I was kind of a new, newly reverted somewhat Catholic of like, hey, I want to try to actually live this out. This is exciting. This is a way for me to go take ownership of it on my own. I think, you know, we could always find, nit, you know, nitpick, find things that are wrong with everything. Um, and I'm not saying there's not dangers with stuff, but, you know, we've got to be prudent. But at the same time, there can be some real good that can be brought out of these, these things as well. Um, obviously, you want to avoid places where there's a bunch of sacrilege and stuff like that. Sometimes you could just avoid those liturgies too. And still a lot of the other stuff that I think is actually very wholesome and good Catholic culture. And there's going to be bad stuff. Yeah. But I think overall the benefits outweigh the costs in my mind. If, you know, obviously everything else being equal, if someone's yeah. really considering and you don't have to worry about other practical considerations. It's like, should I go or not? I mean, I'd encourage a young person, if they can go with a good group to go. Just to kind of touch a little bit how the negative viewpoint it seems like you know the out of sight out of mind kind of deal like if if sometimes they believe if you don't attend it didn't happen but in that's not being logical you know it's still happening the sacrilege is still happening but what we do about it you know on a personal level we make reparation penance we you know we exactly. pray. before we go one last question now, some of the staff will be there present, you know, handing out things that we mentioned, you know, trying to reach the youth. You yourself as an evangelizer, what would be some pointers that you would have for them or for anyone, you know, any one of our viewers who may be attending or not attending, but being present at World Youth Day, what would be your advice to them? Show an interest in the person you're talking to. Ask questions about them. That isn't, that doesn't, if you come across as, if you're just out there handing out a bunch of brochures and your intent isn't to talk to people, that's one thing. And then that's, that's good that there's different aims here. You know, if it's just expose people, get these things in their hands and keep going. That's one thing. Uh, but if you have the opportunity to talk with people, that's part of your aim. 
make it so that it doesn't feel like it's just like I'm giving a sales pitch and I'm, you know, it's, if you can relate to them, they'll be more open, I think, to actually speaking and like showing the reciprocity is important in conversing, you know? So I would highly encourage that, you know, anytime you're trying to evangelize, like get to know. And then from any, if you can find any points of things that they're interested in, you know, try to relate and connect on that level. And maybe you can even, from that angle, tie in what you're talking about. Like when I'm talking to secular people, if they bring in like this notion of this general spirit and just like really good vibes, you know, uh, had this cosmic energy, you know, like I'm going <laughs> to, instead of be like heresy, you know, I'm going to be like, yeah. So in this create this, this being that is at the origins of the universe, imagine if he became man, like how amazing would that be? And we get to share in that inner life of, this the deity, this the divine person, like right. what would what would that be like, you know? And you can use like little avenues if you can. I mean, it obviously takes some practice and the guidance of the Holy Ghost, but you can use those as ways to kind of get in in conversations where people are going to be open to hearing some stuff like that. That's awesome. <laughs> no, great pointers. So again, thank you so much, Kevin, for joining us today. It's been great speaking to you. Thanks, Fonzie. If you would do us the honor of closing out with a prayer. Yeah, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Come, Holy Ghost, fill the hearts of thy faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth the Holy Ghost upon us, and we shall be created. And they shall renew the face of the earth. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta sunt mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tu, Jesus. Santa Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Sancta Teresia, ora pro nobis. Sancta Joseph, ora pro nobis. And if anyone wants to follow Kevin Rorty, you can find his contact info. We'll put it in the description below. And if you've enjoyed this video, don't forget to hit that like button, to subscribe to our channel, hit the notification button. Again, if you want to get any of our material on Fatima for yourself, your family, or friends, go to shop.thefatimacenter.com. And to follow our World Youth Day series, and Mission in Lisbon's World Youth Day this year, go to Fatima.org forward slash WYD2023. Remember, only she can help us. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. God bless everyone. Thanks, Fonzie. This presentation has been brought to you by the Fatima Center. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved. The hour is late. Now, only she can help us. Remain in the state of grace. Pray the rosary daily. Consecrate yourself to the Immaculate Heart of Mary and pray for Russia's proper consecration. Wear the brown scapular always. Offer penance as reparation. Practice the first Saturday devotion every month. All need to hear the message Our Lady brought to the world at Fatima, and we must all faithfully obey it. For the glory of God, the honor of Our Lady, and salvation of many souls, please share the Fatima message with everyone you know, and may Our Lady reward you. For more resources regarding the Catholic faith and the message of Fatima, and to support this vital apostolate with a donation, please visit our website, Fatima.org, or call us 
at 1-800-263-8160. St. Francisco and St. Jacinta, pray for us. Immaculate Heart of Mary, save us.